All right. So we uh, there's a firefight right now at a nuclear power plant in Ukraine because Russia decided it was a good idea to shell and then invade a nuclear power plant firing rocket-powered grenades at the power plant, starting a fire at the, fu- at the power plant. Reportedly shooting at firefighters, I just Shooting saw. at firefighters who are trying to put out the fire at the nuclear power plant. So I'm going to say it's a bad idea. Bad idea. Not good for anybody, this idea. Kind of like the whole fucking war. The whole thing is a really bad idea. Not good for Russia, not good for Ukraine. It's not good for anyone. I mean, maybe. Probably not even good for Putin. I don't think so. I don't think this is good. He's a fucking idiot. Like, like, I don't think everything going wrong is good for him. Like, so I'm thinking about the scenarios of this where, you know, they thought this was a good idea. Right? Like, so up the chain of command, people signed off on doing this. And I'm sure from, from their perspective, like. Or did they? We're just, they, they were probably like, we're just taking the control room, right? We're not going over to the reactors. It'll be fine. But like in the real world, we know that like, don't start a fire in the control room. Control room's important. Don't start a fire near a nuclear power plant. Right. Do you think it even got up the chain of command or were they just like, you know, we need to take this area and there happens to be a nuclear power plant there. No, I think they very And they didn't bubble wanted, it up. They wanted control of it because it's powerful, I guess. They control yeah. the power in the area now. They Well, I mean, if they're shooting at fucking firefighters, if that really is true, <laughs> I mean, do, do, do they want this to be a meltdown? Well, if they want it to know. be a meltdown, why don't you just bomb it? Why do you invade it with troops? Yeah... I mean, plausible deniability, perhaps. I don't know. I think they want it. They just want to control it, yeah. They want to be able to shut it down. Yeah. Like, seizing critical infrastructure is a natural plan of war, right? Sure. You know, you just don't do this. You don't do this. Like, I'm concerned that, like, if you blew it up, right? I mean, even now. Right. You are directly threatening all of Europe. So what's the deal with this? People are saying it's not like Chernobyl. It doesn't explode or whatever because of the design of the power plant. But it would like leak radiation back into Russia or something. So I don't know like how. You mean what happens when a nuclear power plant melts down? Well, this one particularly because nuclear uh, scientists are saying this is not like Chernobyl. Well, Chernobyl was unique because it exploded. Mm-hmm. So when a nuclear power plant melts down, it's usually a secure facility, right? So it's contained within the facility. Mm-hmm. So like Fukushima, right? There was no risk of it exploding and spreading everywhere. Right. However, however, if you are in a war zone, yeah, there is a risk of it exploding because it's in a war zone, right? Right. If you're firing rocket-propelled grenades, is it powered or propelled? Propelled. Rocket propelled. Okay. They're playing, you know, rocket propelled grenades. Who knows? Yes, maybe. 
maybe that could penetrate. You know, I don't know how powerful those are. They're pretty fucking powerful, I assume. Could that break contain and just leak out the... Yes, maybe. So yes, the worst case scenario is that it melts down because they can't cool it anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And they have a cooling failure and the cooling failure leads to a meltdown. But now you have like a nuclear bomb just sitting there, basically. I mean... Is that how it works? Like, it, it, I don't know. Why wouldn't it? Because it wouldn't, it wouldn't explode, right? But it, it's just but leaking radiation with a single grenade. The explosion is, so the, the reason Chernobyl was bad wasn't that the explosion created nuclear fallout. It's that if you blow the top off the facility, that means all the nuclear radiation just leaks out, goes into the air. Right. So, yeah, if it got hit with, like, you know, uh, a cruise missile or something like that. Right, but they've created that problem now, right? So they've created a nuclear meltdown, potentially, yeah. in a war zone, right? So that's, that's extremely embarrassing if that happens, right? You know, you have to, like, there's so many things that go into that. So, like, when you have a nuclear meltdown like that, there's a whole procedure where the IAEA has to send in, like, teams to take care of it. Right, and then they seal it with concrete or whatever. They yeah. With Chernobyl. So, like, Fukushima, you know, they had to, like, send in, like, 80-year-old dudes who didn't care about getting cancer. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how bad it was at Fukushima. Right. That they literally couldn't protect, they don't have the technology to protect people to do the things they need to do. So they just have to find someone who's okay with the cancer risk. People who like lived through Hiroshima had to go to Fukushima and do this shit again. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, so like if a nuclear meltdown happens, that's the problem is you have a area that really needs to be secured. And Russia, you know, is Russia going to comply with that? I don't think so. Because it seems like it's a clown show. Like, this invasion has been a clown show. Yeah, they've lost, like, 500-plus heavy vehicles. What was the last invasion that went this badly the first week? Very few. You know, like, the Bay of Pigs, maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> Much smaller scale. Putin is basically doing, like, 800 Bay of Pigs around the country, right? <laughs> He's just constantly trying to, like... Leroy Jenkins his way into every city. And, you know, maybe that was optimal for a day or two, like try to end it as fast as you can. Yeah. But, you know, now we're on day seven, night eight or whatever, and uh, they're having fire flights at a, at a nuclear power plant. Like, that's not good. It's insane. It's just so fucking insane, man. I don't know. <laughs> Like, do you want to game it out? So, like, let's say that the nuclear power plant melts down. You know, I don't know if that triggers anything for NATO, but I feel that NATO essentially has the grounds to do whatever they want now, if that happens. They're all directly threatened by it, and it's one country's fault. You know, that doesn't mean they have to invade. That doesn't mean they have to uh, attempt a no-fly zone. But you got to do something, Right. Like maybe it's, maybe you're like, okay, you did that. We give Ukraine planes. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, 
you know, the whole fucking uh, brinksmanship thing is crazy because it it's completely determined by your evaluation of your opponent, right? So, I mean, that's like a rational argument. Like, uh, you did this thing, so we're going to even planes. But it only works insofar as, you know, like... Putin's like, all right, you know, that was a fuck up. Okay, planes, you know, we're not going to blow up the world over that, right? So it's like... What is he going to do? What's his response to this going to be? To to planes? He's going to blame the Ukrainians somehow, right? Oh, yeah, the, the fucking Nazis did it. The yeah. Ukrainian Nazis. It's all fake. It It's fake, and the Nazis They were shooting at each other. Yeah. The CIA planned it. It didn't actually happen. <laughs> right. It was filmed in a studio in Hollywood. If that's going to be how it is, you know, it's very tempting, and I don't think we should do it, but it's very tempting to just accidentally have 50 planes end up in Ukraine. You know? Yeah. All of a sudden, a lot of uh, F-35 pilots uh, discover Ukrainian heritage, you know? Right. You know, if that's how it's going to be. I mean, this has been a surreal week, you know? It's, you know, I think it's... I think it's even more surreal than when Trump became president. Yeah, in some ways. You know, Trump, I mean, that was the most surreal thing that had ever happened to me, was Trump becoming president. Yeah. So like months afterwards, you'd catch yourself and remember that he's president. You'd be like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Donald Trump is president now. It just sounds like a bad movie premise. And then, you know, he he would do all these like disgracefully vulgar things as president, you know, like disgracing the office over and over. Yeah. Like multiple times a day. Like when he, when he had the classified intelligence briefing on outside at a buffet, you know, I don't even remember this. <laughs> I thought you were going to say when he, when he told fuck the fucking uh, Russian ambassador, when he leaked into hmm. him, like, yeah. That we got from someone else. Like, it wasn't even our intel. Yeah. It's like the Brits. Yeah. No, he had, like, a classified intelligence briefing about North Korea's missile program with Prime Minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe, like, outside (laughs) on a veranda. And they, like, had all the papers out where everyone could see them. Like, classified, you know, really, like, as classified as it gets, the location of, like, North Korean missile silos and stuff. Like highly, highly classified that we knew that. <laughs> like confirming to North Korea that we had that information. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Yeah. And he's like, you know, pushing it out of the way for dessert. Also, it wasn't like a problem for him at all. Like it wasn't a scandal. It wasn't like the world didn't stop. Like if Bill Clinton had done that, it would have stopped his whole presidency. Like, it would have been the defining scandal of his presidency if he had done something like that. Right. He would have gotten impeached for it, probably. I mean, you can't do that. Yeah, but since then, this is the most surreal thing. I mean, the fucking pandemic was surreal. That's true, but, you know, when when I lived through, you know, it might still come back, but you know, it seems like maybe we're at the end. When it started, it was surreal, but I also was like, oh, this happened in 1918. Well, I mean, this happened in 1939. Yes, exactly, right? (laughs) But this is so... They are getting clowned on. 
Like they're being embarrassing and losing and just throwing their soldiers into a meat grinder in a way that is very surprising. Very surprising that it's going like it is. Very surprising that we're having a firefight at a nuclear power plant. Isn't throwing your soldiers into a meat grinder like the classic Russian war plan, though? I guess, but they're not doing it the way they usually do. They're not doing it with their historical panache. Well, like, a lot of their best soldiers died on the first day. Like, that's not what you do. Those fucking Chechens, man. Did you see the fucking articles about the hunters, like these, like, Chechen assassins that yes. that they sent to like and these guys like they look so fucking badass and they're like sent there to go assassinate Zelensky. Yes. And then like the next update I got about him was like they're all dead. Yes, because it's an insane mission, <laughs> right? Like it's way too difficult what they're asking these guys to do. And, you know, I read this thing about how maybe we'll link the thread in the show description, but it's about how the Elite Russian paratroopers are actually kind of phonies, right? They just look good. But, but even if that's true, even if the whole point of them is just to look good and intimidate people. It's like a psyop to like. You still got them all killed on day one. That's not what you want to do. You want to keep the intimidating psyop guys around. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It it really kind of like. deflated the uh, image to have them all like slaughtered, you know? Have you seen MacGruber? No. And like he, he puts together a team and like their hands are like, you know, the size of a uh, hams, like honey baked hams, how big these guys uh-huh. are. And he puts them all and he gets them all loaded up with grenades and stuff. And then like he gets out of the van, and, like shuts the door and like walks away and like the van blows up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it, it's really like that's what the, you know the russians got all their you know, big badass dudes and uh they just sent them on suicide missions over and over uh i guess because they just wildly underestimated ukrainian soldiers right yeah it's just massive hubris their soldiers are appear to be better like ukraine ukraine appears to have pound for pound a better military. Right. Better commanders, better I mean, dudes. Yeah, like much better morale. Much better uh, morale, which is a part of it. Which is a huge... I mean, Napoleon said the spiritual of the physical is three to one. I hope the ghost of Napoleon is watching this, right? <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, he asked, he would find this all very funny, right? Yeah. The tactical errors that are occurring. Yeah. Also, like, a surreal element of this is that, you know, it's been so long since a war like this hasn't been simply a matter of counterinsurgency. Right. We, yeah, we you are, would expect them to, like, breeze through this part and, you know, then have problems with uh, the counterinsurgency. But Which is what the U.S. expected. Many, right. They're like, oh, yeah, we've done this. We've done this before. Like, the first part goes easy and then... You have to worry about the counterinsurgency. Although people say, like, you know, like, Iraq, it, like, took us a month or whatever, but... We did, like, real... But they, it took a month because we were, you know, doing airstrikes perfectly, right? So we were just perfectly setting up airstrikes so when we rolled into town, it would be fine. hmm So it was just more methodical. 
because Americans, that's all that's all the Americans do. It's just Air Force supremacy. It's why Afghanistan had so much trouble. It's because for years and years they just relied on our air support. And then they take over and they did something bad happen? Did it blow up? No. No, I was just wondering how many people died in the US invasion of Iraq. American people? Yeah. American military, like... I think 7,000? I mean, like, in the initial... In the initial, initial, not many at all. One? Mm, It says 172. In the initial invasion. Well, that's, I mean, that's sizable, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to estimate that 10 times as many Russians have died so far. Yeah. I think... uh, I think 2,000 is a reasonable estimate right now, which is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot for modern warfare. We think about Chechnya, which was their big disaster, right? Uh, Well, it wasn't their disaster, but it was the war that was brutal for them. Right. And they're going to... they're, They're going to eclipse that in another week or so, that death toll. So, you know, that war lasted years. So not how they want to start. They've uh, taken some lumps here. They got to get a hand in and focus in on uh, what they're doing. They got a big convoy parked. They don't know what to do with it. That's not good. Yeah. Reports of people punching holes in their gas tanks, abandoning equipment. Yeah, I really, my heart breaks for people in Russia who, you know, I'm so proud of all the people in Russia who are protesting you know, but if I if I knew someone in Russia who was a liberal and could get out, I would tell them to just get out. Anytime your president like is just a legit crazy person, you need to think about starting to leave. Like David, yeah. like Donald Trump was just a, a scumbag and venal and a fascist, right? Well, and we have he's not an absolute dictator, which Putin is kind of is, right? And he's also, like, kind of a coward. So the idea, like, I never worried about Donald Trump firing a nuclear weapon. Uh, Did you? I mean, it didn't feel good that he was in charge of the nuclear arsenal. For sure not. He was mentally compromised, right? So he, he's, he's kind of a weirdo. and Especially, like, you know, at the end there. I mean, with like, you know, I worried about him. All that shit. I worried about him like starting a war those last two weeks. Yeah. Um, finding some pretext to start a war and then using that to stay in power. I did worry about that. And like Nancy Pelosi was worried about that. Yeah. But nuclear weapons aren't why you need to leave the country. Like that doesn't really matter as much. Like that's global, right? I'm just saying like, all bets are off with Putin right now, I think. Well, I mean, they're already, like, checking people's phones and looking at their Telegram messages when Russians are trying to leave the country, apparently. I think they're going to probably close their own borders soon. I mean, you can't get a... Like, I don't know. Can you still get flights out? Like, that's not going to last You can't fly long. out. You have to take a train. Yeah. Get on a train. You know, there's rumors of martial law tomorrow. Right which I think would be, again, a bad idea. Like, 
you can't go on TV and be like, oh, we're just doing a special military operation. Don't worry about it. Uh, everything's going great. But we need to have some martial law for a while. Uh, you need to watch what you say, okay? Like, it, everything's going great. Don't worry about it. But we need to have some martial law for a while. Yeah. They've never had they haven't had martial law since the end of the Soviet Union, right? Part of the deal of you know letting Putin be president is things like that don't happen, right? We could just live our lives and But the problem for Putin is that he's never fucked up this badly, and it's not clear that he can continue to exist without ramping up the repression in this new scenario where he just fucking crashed the shit out of the economy and started a needless war with people that, you know, like many Russians are related to and, and like uh, have common history and bonds with and don't want to be murdering. And like, I'm sure people, I'm sure, I know what's going to happen tomorrow. People are going to be like, well, it wasn't the main building, right? Like it wasn't. They didn't like bomb the reactors themselves, you know? but you just gotta you just gotta leave the nuclear power plant. Alone. Like, there's troops there, okay? Like, whatever. Yeah, just go around it. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> These this idea that he has to. I mean, I guess he wants to shut it down, right? Which itself is a war crime, the relentless assault on the civilian population. I think, you know, declaring martial law, being who he is. I think he has broken the covenant that he had with them, where things are sort of okay. I saw that a quote about uh, the oligarchs, right? They were talking about how the oligarchs, you know, maybe they go from 5 billion to 1 billion. Right. And if they come to Putin, he's going to say, well, would you like that to be zero? You know? Mm-hmm. However, however, for the oligarchs, they have to know that if Putin just dies... They go back to five billion. Yeah. I mean, you're at least going to two or three, right? Like, like this guy, if Putin died tonight, what, what would Russian, what would Russian ETFs do? Like, what would the fucking stock market, they would double, man. They would fucking double. Like he's not just worth more dead than alive. He's worth much, much more dead. Which is a precarious position to be in. I mean, everyone in the country like doubles their wealth if they just throw you out a fucking window. Right. (laughs) Like, yeah. That makes for passion. I'd be sitting 50 feet away from everyone, too, I guess. And, you know, I've started to think that's what's going on there. Right. Right? Like, I'm expecting a a pane of glass to be next. Yeah. Like, some plexiglass in front of him. Like, I, I'm sorry to think it's not he about needs that fucking He needs that fucking behemoth guy from, like, Game of Thrones. Who just, like, crushes <laughs> people's heads. To just, like, you know, sit next to him or stand next to him, like, constantly. But, like, I, I think the fifth... He, w- he was uh, photographed, I think, yesterday. Uh, sitting very close to someone. And I felt uh-huh. like that was why they did that. Right. Like they're in like a breakfast nook almost. Uh-huh. And like, I think, I think that was the idea is like, Hey, I can be close to some people. 
<laughs> but then that just raises the question of like, why can't he, you can't be close to Lavrov? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the most important people in your cabinet, you can't be close to them. But I think that's why this is so uh, surreal is that it's hard to see how he unwinds it in any way. Yeah, it's horrible. Got any hot tub news? Ugh. I mean, man, I just want to say, like, this is fucking, this is horrible. I what mean, happened? It is. The hot what? tub? No, not the fucking hot tub, Matt. The fucking war, man. <laughs> like. <sighs> it is horrible. Yes. It's really bad. I, I want to stress that. Like, I don't, I don't want to make it, I don't want to be too fucking glib. No, it is. Uh, yeah. You know? it's, it's insane, right? Like, it's like. How many people are going to get murdered just for this, like, one man's weird, you know, security paranoia, like, vanity? I don't know. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the logical end point of fascism, I guess, is you're just, you know, shoving people in the meat grinder for, you know, just paranoid delusions. But, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Putin dead. That's uh, totally. I mean, I would like to. I would like to see him, you know, discover some inner peace and just retire to a farm. Do watercolors. You know, I think that path (laughs) that pathway is open to him, right? If he just resigned, right, Mm. and apologized. (laughs) I I don't know, man. I think the world would let him just live in a cabin in Sochi, and you know, putter around. I mean, he he would be the first guy who finds that kind of landing, right? Like Pinochet did. Pinochet went to a cabin? Uh, he found a way to, like, hang around for, like, 20 years and, like, you know, not be... Killed. I mean, Mao did, right? Mao did that. He, yeah. He, he, like, starved everyone to death, and then they were like, uh, we're, you know, time to retire, Uncle Mao. <laughs> You know, you, like you had a good run, just you know. But I the showers. I absolutely believe that that's open to him. I'm for not one sure. Thing, that's it's hard thing, to negotiate. For one thing, everyone would give him that deal. I think there's lots of deals available to him right now. Who do you make the deal with, though? Oh, the, you just do it with the U.S. The U.S. The U.S. isn't the one he needs to worry about. He needs to worry about is fucking Russians, man. Oh, the Russians. Are you saying like we like, you know, Biden's going to put him in Kansas or something or it's going to like find out a little. We, I we mean, yes, little, if that's what it takes. I don't know if that's what he wants. Like, I don't know if you would you'd take that deal, but I don't. What does he want? I mean, probably he wants a legacy, right? Because <sighs> people does he say, seem like the kind of guy who cares about his legacy. I mean, it's if it's not legacy, then it's paranoia. People say that like he's threatened by democracy, which is obviously kind of true. But the idea that you would like go to this extreme lengths, like that you think this is in your best interest of avoiding losing power, seems really crazy. Yes, you know, because it's it's so um, out of proportion to threat the threat. Right? It's not like. The protest movement in Russia was like 
really uh, shaking the halls of the Kremlin or something. I mean, like, yeah, like Novani had some stuff going on, but seemed like Putin had it, you know, like seemed like he could just kind of coast for the rest of his life. Well, I mean, he easily. overdoes it. I mean, he poisoned him, right? Yeah. But no real, no huge risk there. I mean, I think, I think paranoia he's been poisoning is the opponents. Paranoia is what I believe. Yeah. That he overestimates risks to himself and goes beyond the call to eliminate any risk. Maybe that's why he has the 80 foot deaths. Maybe he's paranoid about COVID. Yeah, probably. I mean, he never did that before COVID. So I don't know. Now it's just a question of, I think, if you can get, if you can get Russians on the streets. You know, they, they've shut down the stock market. They're just going to have the stock market be closed indefinitely, <laughs> which is an interesting strategy. Right. Until it, until it does better. Which, <laughs> <sighs> you know, it's it. People still have their wealth in the stocks, and now you they can can't still sell log them, right? in. You can log into your account and see that all the money's there. You just, you know, you can't get it. You can't get the money, but it's there, it's there. right? So you, you don't know that you're broke. I feel like the next week is when life will become truly difficult in Russia. All of a sudden, like maybe people will start to notice that it's hard to get things. How are the banks doing? People are trying to take as much money as they can out of them. Um, their money isn't worth as much. Putin definitely did. I, I truly believe that Putin didn't understand that this would be too far for everyone. They, I think he thought that he could still move money around. The economic cost would not be what they're going to be. Right. And it's just fucking getting started. And the, the fucking uh, conundrum that is that he's in here is the better that they do militarily, just like the worse the fucking sanctions are going to get. I mean, everyone loves Zelensky now. He's like this fucking icon, right? Right. And when they murder him and like shell and like destroy, like, and we see all this wreckage and, and, and suffering, um, like they basically like made Ukrainians these like extremely uh, inspiring underdogs that like everyone is like kind of in awe of. And when they crush them, it's just going to make it worse. Like Germany's going to fucking find a way to heat their homes. that doesn't involve Russian oil next winter. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's not so like the better they do militarily, the worse they're going to get hit like with sanctions and stuff. And they, you know, even if they do well militarily, a lot of Russian soldiers are going to die because there's they've created a situation where the insurgency is going to last for years. Yeah. You've made Ukrainians really hate you. Yeah. Ukrainians were ready to like have an okay relationship with you. 30 years. Like when you took power 22 years ago, they're like, well, we'll see what happens. Right. right? <laughs> well, you know, whatever. Yelt- I mean, Yeltsin sucked, whatever. But he, he didn't have to end up in this place. And I now believe, you know, we are, you know, I don't necessarily believe every conspiracy theory about Russia, but there's a lot of them now where it's just like, oh, yeah, sure, he did. Like, I believe the bounties now. Um, It's totally in the same mindset of what he did here. Yeah. When the bounty, when the bounty thing came out, people were like, there's no way he'd do that. If he did that, that'd be World War Three, you know? Uh, So we can put that away. Like, he totally has the... (laughs) risk assessment of someone who would do that. Yeah. 
Havana syndrome. Havana syndrome, you know, sure, whatever. <laughs> like, like any story you tell me about him with a really provocative action, I believe now. I mean, I guess you always believed Moscow apartment bombings. Right, the apartment bombings, sure. And the poisoning, but, sure. I mean, that's never that's never been directly tied to Putin, but it seems like a Zemo. Even hey, even that isn't as provocative as what he's doing now, right? Where he's he's threatening the world now. I mean, killing your own people is the next level. I guess. From a certain perspective, right? From in terms of moral degeneracy, it's some that's when we found out that he would do anything to be in power. I mean, it happened yeah. real early, right? Like 2000? Yeah, right after he took power and then yeah. the war in Chechnya. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, the Chechnya war started in, what, 96? I thought it was after he took power. Or, or did he just use it to uh, ramp up the war? Yes. I see. There was also that thing in the, the shootout in the concert hall. I can't remember what that one was, though, how that played out. Oh, right. So... There was like uh, allegedly Chechen terrorists who have taken everyone hostage. And then the government went in and basically just shelled the place. Yeah, that one is considered sus. But the Moscow apartment buildings, that's what, you know, that's one where like, you know, people saw KGB agents leaving their building. They got they arrested them. And, and then, then they're like, oh, we were just doing a drill or something. <laughs> it, was a, it was a training exercise to see if people were on guard. <laughs> like, that's like, that's like something that you would make up, like, in the moment to, like, your younger sibling. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you're, like, stealing their lunch and you're like, I was just seeing if you were keeping an eye on that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, so fucking stupid. Um... You know, I think it's kind of seen like Ukraine. I mean, <laughs> someone said it's it's now as likely that uh, there will be regime change in in Moscow as uh, Kiev. Um, and it's kind of crazy how like Ukraine could potentially take down a superpower. You know, I mean, like they really are like the vanguard of liberal democracy and. I was thinking, too, how from the outside looking in, we can't know for sure how perilous his position is. But all the ingredients are there for him to not be president. And, uh, he's asking for it. You know, economic disaster, um, a war that's you know going very badly. There's all the reason in the world for people to say, hey, maybe you need to get out of here. So we can't say for certain. I know that... You know, one thing about Russia is we talk about how authoritarian it is and the repression, how if you're a political dissident, you're in trouble. But it seems to me that people in Russia know what's going on in the world. They don't have people in an information vacuum like China China and North Korea are able to do, where they don't know what's going on and what their government is doing. seems like Russians talk to each other. They all have apps, right? They all use Telegram and VPN and whatnot. And word gets around. Uh, so people know that the war is not going how it should. Yeah, and the Putin model was never absolute repression, right? It was always sort of like... Uh, it was almost um, like winking, right? So like, 
I'm going to poison some people sometimes and you guys are going to be okay with it. But I won't do, I won't fuck with you. Yeah, it's like, I'm not going to poison everyone. It's just like, if you're against me, sometimes, you know, that person gets poisoned, right? It's not like the moment you say something against Putin, you immediately get killed. Right. But is that, is that the model that he's going to have to transition to to try to keep a grip on power? We'll see. I think if he does that, it won't last. Yeah, it's a tricky balance. I mean, obviously... Especially if, not with a war he's losing. If that was easier or better, or he perceived it that way, he would have just started with that absolute repression, right? Right. So he was not doing that for a reason. So he's now being forced into it, which means it's he perceives it as more risky. And people will know that it's because he's weak. He's in a weak because position, he's so he's changing the terms of the agreement. Yeah. And I think I do think he seems weak in general here. Making nuclear threats, that's weak. That implies that you're losing. Well, I don't know. There's a couple of uh, naysayers on my on my feed saying they're gonna like they're making enough progress in the South. They're gonna roll over things, but they will win. Yeah, like I believe they will win. But you don't want to win. Term. You don't want to like like achieving victory should not be a scenario where like I, I you know I saw predictions about when they will take Kiev. And 30% of people estimated that it would take until April. Man, if you're not taking Kiev by April, like you've had a disaster. Like you have a lot of dead troops. Your control over the territory is, you probably only control the East at that point, right? You know, that would not be good. That would be losing the war, essentially. Because you don't want to essentially exhaust yourself conquering it. You want to get ready for the insurgency. That will last years. Yeah. Just doesn't see it seems to me it looks like the stage is set for a successful insurgency. Yeah. It seems lost strategically. Hearts and minds aren't being won, I'll tell you that. Well, yeah. I mean that that strategy's not open to them. I mean, the strategy that's a, that's open to them is just, you know, inflicting so much pain on the population that you break them. Leveling right? the country. Um, which is not, again, not a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Like you can grow lots of wheat there, maybe like 80 years in the future. Someone will be like, well, I'm glad that we conquered it. The next decade will be not good for you. And he's old. So how's it going with your hot tub? It's good. You got in there. It's good. It's very, very enjoyable. Oh yeah. I got in there. I feel like I should go to Ukraine and fight, but um, I heard that right now they they only want people with some kind it of. It seems like too crazy. So either, some sort of firearms training, police officers, ex-military. Oh, thank God! I have an out. Uh, if you're a listener and you want to volunteer, the way you do it is you call uh, the Ukrainian embassy and you tell them around the world. Just call the embassy wherever you are and tell them that you have qualifications yeah. and you want to volunteer. It's crazy that you can. I know. Just sign up for, and also that you can donate directly to their military. I opened a bank account so that I can transfer money to the uh, Ukrainian Defense Department. We should also. Um, there's also something else we should. We talk should do about. a do- donation match or some shit like that. We should talk about the Texas GOP. How What's that? Going to arrest. They're going to invest arrest parents of trans people. The trans like thing. they're actually doing it. They're actually investigating people. And mm. uh, 
trying to take their children away. So, you know, we started our show in Texas, and I love Texas. And it's a great state. It's the, the great state, yeah. The great state of Texas. It's not the conservative hellhole that people make it out to be. But I'm aware that now uh, is a hard place for certain people to live in. And uh, I know that there are some charities that are literally working right now to move people out of Texas. If I, if I had a trans kid, I guess I would move. Yeah. Uh, so we'll link a charity that does that too. I guess this makes sense from a certain perspective. Like if you think that being transgender is just like made up. Uh-huh. Right. Then like this would completely make sense. Yeah. I mean, like if, if transgender wasn't a real thing and then people were like, you know, giving their kids uh, like sex reassignment. So that would be like child abuse. Would it though? Like if, if your kid thought he was a dragon and you. Yes, that would be child abuse. You participated in the delusion of being a dragon? Yeah, it wasn't his best interest to give him surgery to turn him into a dragon. Again, though, it's just not... You can't do that. Like, this is... This is America. You can't take over families that way. Not only does the child have rights, right? The child has the right to make decisions about their body. Not only that... Uh, it's just not something the state should be involved in. The state should not be investigating parents for that. So it's a disgrace for Texas. I don't think it will be a political success for Republicans to do this. No. No, they're not. Like, they need to keep the issue about, like, bathrooms and pronouns. See, I think bathrooms is kind of lost. I think they finally lost that battle. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. The main thing they have is like sports. Sports. That's the one thing. That's the one thing that they're really focusing on, because that one actually makes some kind of sense. You know what's good for them? Um, saying like menstruators instead of women. Uh huh. That's good. I've I've noticed some backing off on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are just like, <laughs> well, you've got to find an issue that isn't like bullshit, I guess. The bathroom thing doesn't make sense because it, like it has a lot like a huge logical flaw. Yeah. I think I know, <laughs> I, I I think I know what this is. The idea is that trans women aren't women. And because they aren't women, they're just sexual monsters. Right? Because men are sexual monsters. So what we need to do to trans women is put them around sexual monsters. Right, we need to put them around men as often as possible. It's, it doesn't make sense because if men are so bad, you know, men should probably not be allowed to be in bathrooms with each other if they're so evil and sexually deviant. Hmm. Okay, I take it back. This wasn't what I was expecting. What were you gonna say? Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's the thing about uh, trans bathroom people. Um, when a person goes into McDonald's to use the bathroom and they're not the right gender or whatever, nobody's going to fucking say shit. Like, <laughs> this is not a thing that happens. Excuse me. 
Are you actually a woman? Like <laughs> only an insane person would do that. It's not a real issue. You can use any fucking bathroom you want. Just put on a fucking wig. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, but like it got kicked up as a cultural culture war issue is like this theoretical thing. Like, you know, should you be able to do it or not? When in reality, like it was never a problem. Right. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a loser for them, but I mean, it is Texas. So I guess they'll keep fucking getting elected. Um, I don't know. Beto's taking another crack at governor or a crack at governor this time. In a midterm year. Yeah. Well, good luck, Beto. Like you never know. What happened with fucking McConaughey, man? Hey, you never know what you you don't know what America's gonna be like in eight months. Mm. Maybe it'll turn out that Trump like maybe this will shake some things loose and it'll turn out that like P tape is real. The P tape comes out, maybe Beto wins. Yeah. At the end of the war, like Ukrainian special ops are gonna like go into Moscow and if we find a bunch of Trump related crimes because of this, that'd actually be, you know, be the silver lining. It's I'm sure he's having a lot more trouble money laundering right now. Mm-hmm. As are a lot of people, I imagine. That's why he's getting into NFTs. Trump is. Have you seen the Trump NFTs? No. You should check them out because I'm sure they're, they're beautiful. They're uh, they are among the ugliest NFTs. They they're they're uh, animated. Photos of him like giving the thumbs up. It's like a big. It's like a big piece of silver that rotates around, and on one side is a picture of him in front of the White House. Mm-hmm. And the other side is like forty five, like stars. Um, so it's like you're looking at a piece of platinum that's orbiting in front of you. Yeah, that sounds dumb well, as fuck. I hope next week uh, things are going better. I hope, I hope we find peace. Yeah, I hope uh, they push Putin out of a fucking window. Uh, let's not say that. Why not? Were, were we supposed to wish him health? What the fuck? I hope that Vladimir Putin retires. Says, hey, I goofed. I messed up, guys. I feel bad about it. Withdraws his troops and uh, retires to, it could be Kansas, it could be Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find him a nice home, and he lives out his days. And, and then one day someone comes and kicks him into a No, no, I don't. I, no, I think. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> if anyone should die in the world, it should be him. I, I want uh, I I just don't think he should be president anymore. I think uh, it's time to go. It's time to find other things to do with your life. You failed at being president. Yeah. Bad president. Not a good job. Is there anyone you wish death on? Because I got to say, like, we're like, people talk about going back in time and killing Hitler. I just what about like just like killing Hitler in the present? Like, that's where that's where we're at. And you're like pulling some pacifist bullshit on me. What's going on? <laughs> I just I, I want I want him to know that uh, there's, you know, peaceful ways to resolve this. Thing. Say, hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on myself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right? I'm, I'm gonna do, work on myself. I'm gonna do a lot of listening and learning. I've done a lot of talking, and now I'm gonna sit down. And I'm gonna listen. Yeah, 
He should do a tour with Louis C.K. Where they just go. An around. apology tour. Yeah. Do an apology tour. Say like, hey, this Zelensky guy, he's tough, folks. He's tough. Respects. You know what? I I had a lot to teach him, but you know what? I got some things to learn from him. Right? Yeah. Become friends. Maybe do like a buddy comedy show with him. That would be funny if they were like dancing around. And <laughs> Zelensky was like wagging a finger at him. Right? Mm. That would be great. And it would allow us to heal. But this war has to stop. It's, you know, someone was saying that like, I was pointing out to lots of people predicted this war wouldn't happen. They were quite adamant about it. Mm. That they were positive the war wouldn't happen. Chapo. <coughs> Chapo. <laughs> I haven't listened to that episode. I think it's a premium. But, uh, and someone was telling me on Twitter, like, they were trying to, like, turn it, they were trying to concern troll me. And be like, well, you don't really care about this. That's, you're just interested in scoring points. I actually do care quite a bit about what's happening in Ukraine. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. You're not putting out that vibe, though. I'm gonna say. You know, once or twice a day, uh, I cry about what's going on over there, uh, which I think is a reasonable reaction to what is occurring. Okay, but that's not like that's not where you're at now. I mean, like I believe that because I know you, and that seems like you're telling the truth. Ah well. But if I didn't know you, I'd be like, this guy's fucking bullshitting, because um, you don't seem like you're like, yeah, once a day I cry about Ukraine and. But but the thing about those fucking people, right, is if you said that, then they would just flip it around on you and like make fun of you, right? Because they they don't care. They don't care. Right, right. They're That's like, what they're care. saying. And you're like, actually, I cry, and they're like, oh, you faggot. <laughs> right. That's exactly what they're trying to do. That's the trap. The trap they're trying to set. Um, but I do like I, this is horrible. There's just no reason for it, and it's uh, it's a tragedy, and I hope. I hope we can find some way that it doesn't last for years. It doesn't last for months. You know, if this could end sometime in the spring, if that's if some sort of resolution could, could occur. I don't want the three-year war of insurgency that essentially turns Ukraine into rubble. I don't, that's not preferable to me. Some sort of settlement where Ukraine continues to exist and they carve out some little face-saving amount of Ukraine for Putin. Like, I would take that in a heartbeat if that's what we could do. It just seems that there is no off-ramp, that Putin has maximalist aims here, and um, it sucks. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it's, it's an unimaginable amount of suffering, right? Like, you can't really wrap your head around it. Like, just, I mean, million people already flood the country. Just, like, I mean, just the psychic distress of, like, living in a war zone, the fear, like, all of that shit, like, on millions and millions of people, right, is more than you can really... <laughs> God damn it, man. But... At the same motherfucking time, this isn't a, a historic opportunity to get rid of an authoritarian superpower. And that doesn't come around very much. And I think people, yeah, I think that's... In, like, 
in the vast grand scheme of things, it could fucking be worth it. Because here's the thing. We have authoritarian states and their nuclear powers, right? We can't do that forever. We got to get rid of these fucking authoritarian states with nuclear weapons. Because eventually we're going to have a nuclear war and destroy ourselves, right? Right. So like in the long term, what needs to happen is all these stupid motherfuckers need to become democracies, right? And then we have like, you know, the UN gets stronger. We have real global governments. And then everyone gets rid of their fucking nuclear weapons, right? right. It's regulated. And then we we defuse the fucking bomb that we've set for ourselves, right? Like, that's what has to happen. Like, it's an existential imperative that we do this, right? So the potential, I mean, as horrible as the war is, there's also tremendous reason for, for hope. And, you know, all the, I mean, fucking inspiration that we're getting from Ukrainians who are, you know, much more badass than Americans. And I would uh, take them, take them up in a heartbeat over all these fucking cheese glazed, fat ass, stupid motherfuckers that surround us. (laughs) Well, that is, it is unbelievable how brave Ukraine is being here and how brave Zelensky is being. It's not just that he's staying in Ukraine, it's that he's staying in Kyiv. He's staying at the center of what they're trying to get. And that kind of that kind of courage uh does stun you, right? People are making fun of all the the cringe Zelensky fans, you know, Z Hive. But like it's really happening. Like he really is doing that. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy to watch this fucking guy uh, just dare Putin to kill him. Yeah, to watch him, like, cheat death every day, basically. Because he could go, he, he could just go to, like, Warsaw, right, and stay president and, like, oversee the war. Yeah. Uh, but he chose not to do that. And, that, and the, you know, the symbolism of doing that is so huge. Like, do it, that alone increases the chance of the insurgency working by a lot. And it's courage is infectious, right? You can't. And the other thing too, is it's just so fucking real. Cause you just can't fake showing that you're really. Yeah. He's there. Everyone knows he's there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, glory to Ukraine. Death to Putin. No, or, don't say that. What? What is your retire? Why? You should just retire. You think the fucking the fucking FSB is going to come kill us? Well, it's a debate. We're having a debate, and we need to let we need to let both sides be heard. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is we've moved past debate. We want okay? to convince him to retire. I want to convince him to retire. I'm not He's trying not to threaten retire. Him. Okay, first of all, you don't know that. I know we do have we 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 have long had Russian listeners. <laughs> like there's one in particular and we've speculated that it was Putin, but I don't think he actually listens right. to this podcast. But if he does, hey, let's let bygones be bygones. You goofed. 
time to retire. You're 69 years old. Nice. And it's time to just let it go. Mm-hmm. And we can just put a button on it that way. A happy, helpful. A bright red button. Okay. <laughs>